My name is Brian Kinsey, and I'm the pastor of First Pentecostal Church in Pensacola. I'm delighted that you're listening to this message, and I hope it blesses your life. If you'd like to submit a prayer request, or if you're interested in a personal Bible study, you can call us at 850-477-1100, or send us an email at firstpent at firstpent.org. We hope you enjoy this message. Isn't it great to be a father today and to be serving the Lord? What a great day and happy Father's Day. I bless all of you in the wonderful name of Jesus. If you have your Bibles, I want to take you to two portions of Scripture. They're parallel in the sense that John sort of follows the pattern in the first chapter of Genesis 1 and 2. In the beginning, God created And then in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. But later on in the text, in Genesis 2 and 7, the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became, man became a living soul. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And then in John 1, 12, a similar text with similar wording, but for different purposes and by a different force at work, a different spiritual force at work. And then it says, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. It seems as if God's original intention for man was that he might become something more than he was when God began to work and minister to him and produce in him. So I want to talk to you today about the power to become. The power to become. And that's the gift that I want to give to every man today is the understanding that God's intention is for you to become everything his word says you can be and you can. And so I want you, if you would, just put your Bibles down for a moment and I want you to lift your hands and your voice, if you would, all over the house and give God praise and glory and honor for he is worthy. He is worthy. He is worthy. I will bless the Lord. Lift your voice. The power to become, Lord, let everyone be convinced and persuaded in their own heart and mind. They do not have to be left in the problem that they're in, but they can experience the lifting, the the molding, the shaping power of God, and they can become the sons of God. God bless you. You may be seated. God's creation was done, finished, but there was no one to till the ground. So God remedied that situation by giving 
the earth a man and man the earth. And God created Adam. But at first he was just a shell until God breathed into him. And really, we're not, we're not really a church until God breathes in this place. Until the Spirit of the Lord begins to move among us. I don't think any of us can claim salvation or anything from the Lord until God begins to move on us. But how many of you are thankful that when God did move on you, he did not look at your sin, he didn't even look at your present situation, but he looked at what you could become. He looked at what you can be if his spirit moves upon your life. I say, God, breathe on us today. Breathe on my life today. Let your life-giving force minister to every one of us. God breathed and man became more than he was before. I believe that's God's greatest gift to us is the power to become. The greatest law is not relativity, thermodynamics, or gravity. The greatest law is the power of man to become something more. Listen to the preamble of the United States Constitution. It says, in order to establish justice, to ensure domestic tranquility, to provide for the common defense, to secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and to our posterity, we do hereby establish and ordain this Constitution. It's written in the document that according to our freedom, listen, you have the freedom and the liberty to become whatever you want to be. You don't have to be a slave to anything. I want to say that again because there's a mentality in our culture and in the system that's oppressive to anybody who has that kind of thinking. They use it to manipulate them and to oppress them and to make them think they can't be more than they are. And I believe that's the greatest lie that's been perpetrated by the enemy is for you to feel like you are trapped and cannot be more then you are. That's a lie. I don't care who you are. I don't care what your background is. You don't have to stay there. Through Jesus Christ, you can become more and be free today and become the son of God and walk with God. Man, that just felt so good right there. And that's what I'm trying to convince people in the scripture. That's the reason why we come to church. If you want to know why I worship the Lord, I've got the liberty to worship the Lord. First of all, I've got the desire and, 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 and I have the perception or the perspective that God has been so good to me. You don't have to tell me to praise God. You don't have to prompt me to do that. I already want to do that because I've got the liberty. My spirit is free. First of all, I'm free from sin. And I'm free from the baggage of yesterday. And I'm free today.
People who live on a dead-end street and there's no place to go, they have, they have trouble, they have problems, they have thinking issues that brings despair. The power to become has been taken from them. But know this, I believe that your ability to overcome is in your mindset, it's in your thinking. For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Eat, drink, saith he, but his heart is not with thee. I want you to start thinking properly. I heard a story about a man who became very wealthy and he said that every day his mother told him that our circumstance is not anybody's fault. Your dad and his dad before them were alcoholics and they chose their path of poverty, but you won't be like this. You're going to become something. He said, she told me every day I could remember you will become something. It is foolishness to blame others for your present circumstance when Jesus offers you the power of his blood. Do you realize what you've got, church? I want to know, does any men in the house realize who you are in Christ Jesus? You're a child of God. You're a son of a king. Do you know you're anointed of the Holy Ghost? You can do anything. The devil can't stop you. An oppressive culture can't stop you. The system can't stop you. Because Jesus triumphed over all of it. She understood the foolishness of blaming others and you can become something in God. So I'm preaching to men today that God gave men the power to become. Even angels have the right to become devils if they choose or they can remain angels. So I believe that God has given to man the ability to choose. That is a great privilege because he could take that from us. Being God, he could choose to do it either way. But he gave you the power of choice. I choose to be a Christian. As a matter of fact, I'm going to even go as far as to say as I choose to be an apostolic. Now let me tell you what that means. That means I choose to be a tongue talker. I choose to be a little noisy and a little loud and a little rowdy in the house because I'm free today. I choose it. I couldn't choose that on my own, but by God's grace and by the work of the cross and by the power of a covenant that goes beyond the everlasting to everlasting, it has given me the privilege to make a choice. I choose to be free. You can sit there and feel small if you want to, but I've got a great God who is mighty, who can deliver you from sin and bring you out. He wants you to become more. He wants you to be more. Now, we live in a culture full of divorce and broken homes. And as a result of those dysfunctional homes, people who create self-doubt and low worth can haunt a child long into life. Young boys growing up without fathers can be devastating. It changes their perception of life and it keeps them based in a hip-hop culture of our time, which is totally based on self. A man is a man because he takes care of his business. That was not a very good representation of that. All right, I get it. Takes what he wants, lives by pleasure, has as many women as he likes, and buys expensive toys. 
Huh? It's wrong. It's a wrong thinking. It's a wrong attitude. And if you're listening to that stuff, it's influencing you and it's affecting your spirit. Men are going about enjoying the pleasures of life and lust and leaving a trail of hurting women and children in their wake. That is not what God called you to do or be. Real men, I'm talking about the real thing, make sacrifices, keep promises. Where's your shout? Provide for their families. Treat their wives with respect. Smile at me while I talk to you. Work hard. Honor their agreements. Pay their bills. Be honest in business. Love the Lord, the church, and I might add the pastor. <laughs> That's not in my notes. I just threw that in. Sacrifice for their children. A young boy who's so angry that he beats his toys up, he's going to soon put his fist through the wall. And then after he does that, he's going to start battering his wife and his kids later on in life. And then he's going to end up in jail for assault. The root problem is he never learned to express his inner frustrations. One of the best things you can do is learn how to vent your emotions in a proper channel. Henceforth, you've got the church. Instead of taking it out on everybody else, come and shout at the altar. Respond to the word every once in a while. Quit holding it all in and acting like you all that. And then go out and punch somebody or punch your fist through the wall. That's not good enough. No wonder you're filled with low self-esteem is because when you express that kind of anger and you can't control it, it creates a self-doubt that you cannot overcome. It's a low self-esteem. You come unglued and make a mess around you. That's the reason why the Bible says in Hebrews 13 and 16, to do good and to communicate, he's saying, he's speaking to men, forget not. The best thing you can learn to do, men, is talk to your wives and to your family. Well, I got, that's good. That's, that's about it. Okay, it is good. All right, I'm going to just say it again. That's real good. Here, here's something else. Well, you're not going to like this either, so get ready. You being silent and giving the silent treatment is the worst thing you can do. Because all you do is build up steam. And that's not a good thing for men to do. Huh? Can I get a witness? You don't even have to act like you, you know what I'm talking about. I already know what I'm talking about. And I want you to live better. You see, what is cute at four is ugly at 18. And I want to build you up. 
The Bible says that he beheld among the simple ones. I discerned among the youths, a young man void of understanding. There is nothing sadder than men that don't have understanding. We're seeing rage in our children. I'm talking about grandchildren killing their grandparents. Children killing other children in schools. This is a sad culture and a sad day. But you know what we need? We need a church full of men who understand. to communicate, how to talk, how to speak in tongues, get a hold of God every once in a while, learn how to open up and, and vent those emotions in a proper way. But I've got good news. God's got a mechanism for change. He will, he will produce in you what he has promised. He is looking for people who desire this. If you desire it, then you can have it because that is what the scripture says. We have a lot of things we could be doing, but you're here in church on this Sunday morning on a Father's Day and I respect it. And I want to give you my best. So I'm going to prepare and I'm going to, you may not even like what I have to say, but at least I, I worked hard on saying it. Praise God. <laughs> Knowing while I'm, I'm writing all of this junk, all of this stuff, that you're not going to like a single thing I have to say, but it's for your own good. I don't speak it. I don't speak it to hurt you. I speak it to lift you to a higher level. Mark 8, 36 says, for what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Listen to me, church. Nothing is worth being lost over. There's no attitude. There's no feeling. There's no offense. There's no pleasure. There's nothing this world has. I want to say that again. There is nothing this world can give you that's better than what you can get in the church. If you can't say amen, look amen. Do not walk to please the world. Walk to please Jesus. Do not walk to please the people around you and the men around you. Walk to please God. We need men that can go home and love on their wives and respect them and lift them with words of faith and, and power. We really need that. Now, Here's the one powerful thought that if I can just set it in your brain. Abraham demonstrated this principle that activates all of this blessing for you to become. And, and there's a lot of things to it that we could talk about. But I want to put this one thing in your mind. I want you to take it home with you and I want you to start practicing it right now. You know, everybody wonders why I do the rule of five, why I pray in the morning. And a lot of people quote Lamentations because it says that the cup of mercy is new every morning. But there's a less uh, known text in the book of Zephaniah. In Zephaniah, the Bible says every morning God brings to light his wisdom and he never fails. Every morning, every morning, God will bring to light his wisdom or his judgment the word in the English that was translated judgment there is not referring to the wrath or referring to God putting people in their place because of their sin, 
but giving them opportunity to understand what he wants from them and direction and wisdom for their life. I believe that if you will do that rule of five every morning of your life, not only will you drink from the cup of mercy, but you'll drink from the cup of his wisdom. Now, God spoke something to Abraham. He had never told anybody, I'm going to be Jehovah Jireh to you. That means that whatever you need, I'm going to supply it. From that day on, you will never have a single need I will not meet. Now, go to the New Testament. Let's fast forward into the new covenant. You're under a new covenant through Jesus Christ. And under that covenant, he said, I shall supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory. And as a matter of fact, he said, since I can't swear by anything any greater than myself, I will swear by myself and in my own self. I will bless you and everyone that blesses you will be blessed. Do you know why we support Israel? We don't play with that. It's not a political ploy. We're not trying to be on one side of the fence or the other. We simply are are in the word. Because if we bless Abraham, you you can't curse Abraham's kids and get the blessing of the Lord upon your life. This preacher in this church is going to bless Israel. You know the reason why we stand against abortion is because abortion takes those babies' opportunity to become away from them. That is God's original intention. It's not just the shedding of innocent blood. It's the removal of a divine intention, and God considers it to be a curse. Even if I support that, then I have the curse come upon me. I have to stand against it, church. I have to stand against it. Because I want the blessing of the Lord upon my life. I want the blessing on you. I don't want it just on me. I want it on you. That's why I will stand against the shedding of blood. I'm not here to condemn anybody. I'm here to stand on the truth of the blessing. And here's something else. God does not bless organizations or churches or religions. I can't find it in the scripture. If you can find it, I'll, he doesn't bless organizations or religions or, or, or just churches. He blesses and appoints men. The blessing didn't come on an organization. It came on Abraham. It didn't just come on Abraham. It came on his kids. And I'll tell you right now, the blessing's not just on this building. And you can say that, and I'm fine with that. But I'm just telling you, the blessing is on the people, not the building. And if you'll stand for truth, if you'll stand for righteousness, God appoints men. And if I had some men that'll stand up and fight, we can defeat anything. There is nothing hell can throw at us that we can't beat. I believe we can beat it by the power of God. You're anointed. And I speak of the women as well. I believe we can choose to think and act in such a way as to garner his blessing. So what did he do? He went to Moriah. 
And God told him to take his only son and sacrifice him in Genesis 22 too. And here's what you've got to do here. And he, he passed his test. And when he passed his test, he was never the same. That supernatural blessing that God promised him came on him. Now he had to become a mountain climber. And I know some of you are climbing uphill. How many of you feel like life's all uphill? <laughs> I wish I could have one of them downhill that wasn't one. But you don't know what's at the bottom, so I know what I'm going to find at the top. I'm going to find the provision. I'm going to find the ram caught in the thicket. But this is what Abraham said, and this is what I want you to do. Okay. I know life is uphill. I know it's a struggle, brethren. And I know in today's culture it's even harder because the culture mocks you, mocks us, mocks fathers, it mocks men. They make fun of it. That's our culture. That's the television culture. That's the media culture. That's just the culture. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the donkey, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. Now you missed it, so let me tell you what it is. Abraham did not call giving up Isaac a sacrifice. He called it taking care of my wife is not a sacrifice. Coming to church, you don't know what I go through. I may not know what you go through, but whatever you're going through, going uphill, fighting the devil, whatever you're doing, we all go through it. But I don't call it sacrifice. When you fuss and complain when a preacher asks you to clap your hands in church, shame on you. That ought to be worship. When you feel the pull of the Spirit to stand as you are now and respond to the Word of God, that's not a sacrifice. That's worship. Whoa, I wish I could preach on I'm telling you right now, we need a worshiping bunch of men that says, this is worship to me. You see, the Bible doesn't say God loves a giver. He loves a... Oh. You, you will not... Find him unless you seek him with his, with your whole heart. Prayer works, but only the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man works. It's a matter of choice. You're yoked to Jesus. Anything is possible. Listen to Deuteronomy 28. It repeats just exactly what I'm saying. Thou shalt beget sons and daughters, but you will not enjoy them, for they'll go into captivity. Why? Because you did not serve the Lord with joyfulness and with gladness of heart for the abundance of all things. You got to teach your children to worship at the sacrifice and smile while you do it. You, that means you can't just worship with a frown. Well, preacher said, I got to worship. I got to go to church. 
and I got to act like I enjoy it. Well, I'm going to try to make you enjoy it if I got to come out there and, and run you around the building or something. You're going to have a good time when you come to church. But you should understand that when you do this, you please the Lord. It ain't got nothing to do with me. It really doesn't. I'm just telling you what the book says. The Bible says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. I don't want my kids in captivity. I want them to be free. I want my grandkids to be free. So I'm going to serve the Lord with gladness. I'm going to come before his presence with singing. That's right. I'm going to sing. Hallelujah. Deal with it, folks. Deal with it. The pastor's going to sing. Hallelujah. Woo! And if you don't respond, I will start singing and you'll be in trouble. I was singing this morning because I'm telling you, when I woke up this morning, the Lord started speaking to me. That wisdom came to light. Not only did I drink from the cup of mercy and grace again this morning, but I also heard from the Lord and God spoke so powerfully into my spirit. And I'm telling you right now that if you could get this spiritual viewpoint and change all your sacrificing now to worship, and say, I'm going to make a joyful noise unto the Lord. For this is joy unspeakable and full of glory. Now, I know that looking like a Christian today and the badger skins that are on the outside is not appealing to the world. And the world doesn't like it. And I understand that. The outer court has that stench of death and that stench of the blood being shed by the sacrifices that were being made. And anybody that's on the outside looking in says, this is ugly. I can't believe you had to get up on Sunday morning and go to church. What a victim you are. Well, that's ignorant. You got to get up every morning and go to work. You got to get up early in the morning to go hunting. I mean, how early do you have to get up and how cold it is when you go deer hunting? I'm not against deer hunting. I'm just not going. <laughs> it's too cold and I'm not getting up at four o'clock in the morning and going in and sitting in a deer stand for eight hours waiting on, uh, you know, Bambi to come along. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. It's not going to happen. But I don't mind you doing it. I'm not against it. I'm just simply saying that if you can do that, you can do this. And you're not a victim doing that. And you're not a victim doing this. This is not sacrifice. I'm going to say something else and then I'm done. Holiness is not sacrifice. It's worship. If I could get that in you and you could go out of here worshiping, I'd get an opportunity to serve the Lord, to live holy. What an awesome privilege. This is a privilege. This is a privilege. It's not a sacrifice. It's worship. And that's a change of pers perspective. And that perspective can't change unless you choose it because God gave you the power to become the sons of God. He gave you the power to choose. 
Sometimes you have to talk through some things. That's why you need to communicate. He said, with these sacrifices, God is well pleased. What? With your ability to communicate, he's well pleased with those sacrifices. Because he called it a sacrifice. (laughs) How many of you know that sometimes it's difficult to open up? It ain't easy. But you need to. That way you're venting your emotions. And not just speak to vent. Because if all you do is speak to vent, then you're just going to be oppressive and abusive. And we don't want that in you. And I know you don't want that. But you have to learn how to make a right choice. But you have to gain understanding. But this is the one thing I want you to do. Call it worship. What you call it is what it will become to you. Call it worship. I want you, we're not having service this evening, but I want you this evening when you fellowship with your family, I want you to consider it worship. When you pray over the food, worship. Be thankful for your family and for everyone that's gathered there to honor and bless you. Worship, worship, worship. And I'm going to give somebody an opportunity. We're going to baptize someone here this morning. But if if you need the Holy Ghost, if you need a blessing of the Lord... I feel that God wants to put the blessing and the freedom for you to become something. You felt trapped. You felt stuck. The voices of yesterday have held you captive and chained in a prison that you cannot seem to break free from. God will free you this morning. You don't have to remain held captive in the sway of those abusive words any longer. You are and can be a son. And that means a daughter of God. You can be and you will be if I can get you to make the right choice. And so if you if you would, I want you to step out from where you're standing and I want you to walk to the front right now and I want you to claim what God is wanting to give to you today. Step out and claim what God is wanting to impart to you today. Because he loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He does love you. And he does care about you deeply. And he's wanting to bring you to a closer walk with him. To a greater place where... You don't have to remain held in the sway of the enemy's influence and the intimidating voices that have spoken in the past that have trapped your mind in thinking that you were nothing or that you couldn't ever be anything because of whatever issue there might have been in that relationship. All of that are lies that have been told you. I'm not saying that they weren't spoken and I'm not saying it's not painful I'm just simply saying that God can override it and rewrite the script of your life and he will because that's what he specializes in that's what that's the whole purpose man that's the whole divine intention that's breathing life into you 
because Adam wasn't supposed to stay the same. If he was just a robot or if he was just supposed to stay the same, then maybe you would have an argument. But the methodology of your interpretation doesn't work because God intended for him to grow that, till that land, become something more, become a father, become a husband. He intended all of that from the very beginning. And so when he breathed life into him, he put him in a place where he could grow, where he could become, where he could do, where he could have increase and abundance. And that's exactly what he wants to do to you, is to put you in an environment where you can grow. And I want everyone, and it's always a good thing to start where we're supposed to start and that's with the spirit of repentance and I want you to lift your hands right now and say God I repent before you and I come before your altar and I lay myself as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto you God I give myself to you I repent Lord I turn from everything that I've ever done I want to make the right choice, Lord. That's what repentance is. It's now presenting yourself. You know you can't do it by yourself. Nobody has the power on their own. If you have the power on your own, you can do it by yourself. But we need a Savior. We need a third party to step into our lives and intervene. And I'm so glad that the daysmen who stood betwixt me and the Lord and purchased my salvation... The one who stands on my behalf to make intercession, ever make intercession for me. I'm so glad. I'm so thankful. Go ahead and lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. Oh, hallelujah. Be free today. Be free today. I believe God's heard your repentance. Now I want you to lift your hands and begin to praise Him. Lift your hands, begin to praise Him. Go ahead and receive that, that forgiveness from the Lord. Receive that. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. We hope you enjoyed this message. Please reach out to us if you have any questions. We can be found at firstpent.org. That's F-I-R-S-T-P-E-N-T dot org. If you're ever in Pensacola, Florida, we hope you visit us. Be blessed in Jesus' name.